jumps ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan. With me, as always, is Logan. How are you today, Logan? I am doing well. I uh, had to work on Sunday, uh, but pretty tired, but uh, we'll get through it, Jordan. We'll get through it. I had a late night Saturday. I was at the Orlando City game. <laughs> Jordan saw me on TV. That was exciting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny watching highlights, Jordan, and you can see yourself. And I like I know that I was watching a game that you were at and I could see you. It's so it's yeah. so strange. It's like a, a different universe. It's wild to watch. It's some kind of weird inception. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, that is the most clearest I've ever seen anybody that I know on TV. Like when I've been to like baseball games, I've been able to see myself on TV, but it's just because I know where I am. And it'll be like if there's a home run there, I'll be like, oh, there's me. And I like circle myself. And it's like the worst picture you could ever imagine. But you and you, Matt, and your and your wives were very clearly on the because <laughs> you guys were front row. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, if if you're if you're new to watching this league, um, I, I think uh, there are cities and, and markets that have advantages. Um, I only paid like seventy bucks for Ashley and I to go to sit right there on on top of the total on top of the pitch, pretty much. Yeah, total. Sorry. Um, wow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's a great deal uh, and a lot of fun. So. Uh, I highly recommend going to MLS matches while they're still very affordable, unless you're going to a messy match. And then it's yeah. not affordable. Um, we're going to be doing our overreactions this uh, today, which is what we did last year for the first time. So um, it's fun because I'm sure there'll be, and that's what the episode will be called in your feed and, and on YouTube and stuff, because I'm sure some of the takes that we say today, are going to be a little bit of overreactions from what what we saw in week one. And we don't want to like, we don't want to lose sight of that, right? Um, We know what we are going to say is based off of one to two games that we've seen of these teams. RSL and uh, and, uh, Miami have both played two. Right. So everybody else has played between one to two games uh, that we will be judging off of. And we know some of the stuff we say is probably going to be overreactions. And we'll try to clarify that throughout the episode, but I'm going to also clarify it now. So that way people know that just take what we're saying with a little bit of grain of salt. Right. Because I know that 
when we get to what week 34 or something, somebody's going to be like Jordan. And in the first uh, 10 minutes of week one's episode, you said this team wasn't going to make it and they made it. And it's like, yes, because I said that we were overreacting and uh, we know that we might be overreacting just a bit. Um, But this is uh, Logan. I don't know if you know, this is one of my favorite episodes of the season because (laughs) this is my favorite episode of the season. There's no doubt because this one is uh, the, the play like the preseason we're basing stuff off of unknowns. We're basing stuff off of transfers and it's these question marks. Will the players fit? This is the first episode of the season where we are looking at actual data, actual games and trying to like, project that out for the full season. Uh, So while the preview show prediction show, we may have like, we may already make adjustments from those predictions because of things that we actually were able to now see with our eyes. So uh, this is why I like this episode so much. Um, Okay. Where do we want to start with? Um, I think we can start going over Portland and Colorado, because I think that was an interesting result. And we can dive into that a little bit, because I think that was one that probably was most shocking to probably both of us. Um, but Jordan, just to, to, to kind of whoa, go whoa, into whoa. what I you will talking. say, I will say. You what? I, I wasn't as shocked, because uh, when Matt was asking us about if Portland could win, I said they are at home, so they, they can <laughs> win but you were absolutely refuting the chance for them to win. And then they absolutely <laughs> smashed Colorado. So yeah. Yeah. Logan's I had put a, on the Portland hate. Yeah. I had a lot of Portland in my mentions um, when I posted on our, on our show. Uh, and, and they, they proved me wrong that first week, Jordan, but it is interesting too, though, cause I was talking to Matt when we were at the Orlando city game and we were talking about the fact that he goes, so, so like, you know, how does Montreal stack up against uh, Orlando? And I was like, that's what's crazy about this league, right? And this <clears throat> relates to what we're talking about with Portland. This league is so hard to predict because it, it's all about fit and the roster rules really make it constricting to teams to, you know, they, they can't go and do an overhaul, Jordan, where they're just building this absolute monster and, and that might change here yeah, a little bit. You can't bit, but... sign four for, former Barcelona players on the <clears throat> one team. Yeah, correct. Actually, yeah. you can now. <laughs> yeah, and there might be a fifth or sixth coming. Um, but <laughs> but what I'm saying is, like, Jordan, like it, this, this league, the cool thing about it right now is there's just so much parity because nobody can outspend each. Like, you, you really can't outspend each other. Like, there's teams that won't spend the allotted amount, but because of the roster rules and the DP spots and the international slots uh, and the homegrown slots that you have to have, like there are so many roster rules that keep this league interesting. And and I think that's what, you know, it's interesting because we're, we're talking about Colorado, right? We'll get into the match. Colorado had uh, a massive uh, redo on, on their roster. They bring back Sam Bynes. They have Georgie Mihailovich. They've got Zach Steffen. They're adding guys back into the mix that um, one haven't been in this league in you know over a year, and Stefan really long. So, you know, we didn't really know what we were getting with Colorado, but we thought maybe with when we talked to Braden that this team Jordan looks so much better on paper, uh, and man, it, it really didn't feel that way. 
Yes, and this is where I will try not to overreact. I, I do know the show is overreact, but I, I do think that we will, I will not overreact to this result on Colorado's side, just because this is, yes, lots of changes, but some of those changes are going to take a bit to kind of gel. Um, did they look great? No, uh, not at all. So this could be a little bit of a foreshadowing of what is to come for the season. But I also don't think that it is something to like hit the panic button on right now. Yes, it was 4-1. It was 4-0 at half. And they were just being absolutely rocked by Portland. Um, I think this is kind of might be, this might be where the overreaction comes in. This might be a good thing for Colorado. Get this out of the way week one and hopefully know like, oh crap, we're not going to be as good as we thought. Or, you know, the players probably won't think that, but maybe the fans will. But the players should be thinking like, all right, we got to make some adjustments like right off the bat here. And that's what Chris Armas should be doing. Now, do I have the faith that Chris Armas will do that? I don't know. I'm not a big Chris Armas guy. So that is where I think I'm having problems with seeing the Rapids be successful this season. Where did I put them? Uh, ninth. I didn't buy into the hype fully the way some people have with this remodeled team, but I do think that they should still have enough talent to get to a playoff spot. Not if they play like this, though. Yeah. Uh, one thing I found really interesting, our friend Matt Pollard over um, last word, or last word on, um, I think it's last word on Rapids. So, hold on, let me double check just to make sure. He's at Burgundy Wave, um, and he yeah. hosts the Rapids 96 podcast. Sorry. Um, he tweeted that Armis was wearing a C-38 scarf uh, against Portland. And Matt was actually asked by Chris Armis, what's one of the ways that he felt like he could really connect to, to the fan base in Colorado because I think that's been a huge issue with their head coaches and with that team. There's just been no connection with that team. And and they had the instances last year where, I mean, you had, you know, fans not wanting to show up and not support the team. Supporter groups were upset with the, the direction of the club. And there's, there's this overhaul. But, Jordan, like you and I have said, like, you know, it, you can try to connect all you want, but you've got to have results on the pitch. And and I think sometimes, you know, here's maybe an overreaction here is that I think when you and I talked about this, the hesitancy with Chris Armas is the fact that he's never shown really on the pitch that he can do much. Like none of the teams that he has coached have really gone on to succeed. And even in the assistant coaching realm, he just he's on staffs that just don't typically – I don't know if they're not player friendly or they, they just don't gel well together or if he's just, ha you know, he's gotten a bad rap with, you know, as far as just the, the players that he's gotten. I, I don't know what it is, but it, it does. It, it My hesitancy here is to, to and maybe I'll overshoot this, but I, I really am concerned that Chris Armas might not be the guy, even if the Rapids do become something and gel together because they've got top talent. Like these are top talented guys in this league. Uh, Cole Bassett, like we, we didn't even mention Cole that came back last year. Like these are top talent roster players. And, you know, Chris is Chris is going to have, I think, a, a little bit of a shorter leash. Like I, I think there's going to be a little bit of a, all right, like you, you need to get this team gelled together. I'd say by summer, he's really going to start to face some scrutiny if this is the way that they continue to play. 
Yeah, I think that might be an overreaction. But if they continue playing like this, yes, I, I can see that. But like I I also just can't see them firing him or putting him on the hot seat by summer. Um just because I feel like that'd be that would be overly uh, harsh uh for him. Let's kind of move to the Portland side of things. Phil Neville, we were both very down on this hiring. He comes in, they win four one. Should we overreact to that? They they didn't have Evander, they didn't have Felipe Mora, they didn't have Claudio Bravo, or, and didn't have Maxime Cropo. And here they come, and they have, um, you know, Eric Williamson back, and and he scores nine minutes in. Anthony scores two goals, uh, and also forces a Sam Vine's own goal. And there's your four goals, and they were just kind of like really now that. You know, they reviewed one of the goals, one of the Anthony goals, um, which was clearly on side, so they kept it, thank goodness. But yeah, I, I I don't know if I can overreact to this. I don't think you're gonna see Portland go out there and smash every team like this, but maybe I will react to this and say, maybe I was a little harsh on Portland and Phil Neville to begin with. And this is where the overreaction comes in, because it is just week one. And this could all still go south, but I, I feel like maybe I have to give them a little bit more grace uh, for the time being. Yeah, I, I think everybody's going to be, uh, you know, Phil Neville's biggest critic until he continues to have success, and maybe he does continue to have success. But I think in the same in the same ilk as as Chris Armas, I think they both have similar coaching stories in the way that you know they've been given talented rosters and. They've been underwhelming, to say the least, especially Phil Neville, uh, especially with what we see Miami do right now, that clearly uh, the pocketbook wasn't the issue. Um, It felt like Phil had the chance to go out and get players, and he never really seemed to understand that. And and some of that's on the sporting directors down there uh, in Miami, and some of that's on ownership. But Phil Neville, I mean, he had Gonzalo Higuain, he had the Higuain brothers, you know, he had the tail end of this roster that had Gregory on it. Like he had talented players, but they just, he's never been able to put it together. And now he comes to Portland, Jordan. And it is, it's, it's a little bit of a different environment, man. The, the Portland fans have been ingrained into successful soccer here in the United States. So I think their expectations are going to be extremely high. And this was one hell of a performance uh, for Portland and, and give credit to Eric Williamson, who, Jordan, he's he's one of the best central midfielders in this league when he is healthy. He's just not been healthy the last couple of years, and that's really just kind of hampered his career. Because we we were, I know you and I had been talking about the fact that like he's a prospect for the midfield for the United States as depth. Like that's where we really saw him was a depth piece in behind some of those really talented midfielders, and he scores. Anthony looked great, uh, and just to get a win like this, and and like you said, Jordan, you mentioned those players that were out. Those are massive pieces. You have the best goalkeeper, arguably one of the best midfielders in Evander. You have one of the best defenders in Claudio Brat. Like those are good players um, in MLS, and and I think to 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 win against a rapid team, and it was four nil before halftime. Like they blew them out of the water. Like they took, uh, I think they took our uh, predictions short and laminated it somewhere. That's what it felt like. <laughs> Uh, all right, I guess let's go to Columbus. They're the ones that really kicked us off here on the weekend, anyway. Uh, 1-0 win over Atlanta. Is this really the, is this real? The first ever 1-0 win under Nancy? Isn't that crazy? Yes. It was a stat that was in their press release and in their 
uh, main article that they wrote for their website. I was like, no way. I guess because last year they were they were giving up a lot of goals late, right? So they would have like a two nil lead and it'd be two one, or they'd have one nil lead and it becomes one one. And that was a that was a theme. So yeah, I guess that uh, it's just crazy a whole season without a one nil victory until the first game of the the next season. Uh what was our thoughts on Columbus versus Atlanta? Because this is one where Columbus really should have probably put it. It should, probably shouldn't have been the first one nil victory. They had so many chances to really put this game away, and. Uh, it was kind of a repeat of what the the uh, first game out of three against Atlanta that they played, where it was. I saw people saying the stats, and it was very similar to that first game at halftime. So they were actually playing better. I believe they had like two less shots at halftime than they had had the whole game of leg one. It was like fourteen shots to zero or fourteen shots to one. Um, on uh in the playoffs and this time it was like 12 shots at halftime from the crew and they were just really looking really great and i think if we were overreacting it's like how do they not win this league again right yeah that i mean all all of what you said is is pretty damn accurate like it uh, Jordan, the last time that somebody won back-to-back MLS Cup was that Seattle? Would that have been Seattle that did that? No, no, it was. No. Uh, I can't remember. Pretty sure it was uh, Galaxy. Was it Galaxy? Okay. Um, like to, to, dirt, uh, twelve, thirteen, or thirteen, fourteen? I think. Yeah, I think it was something around there. I can't remember who it was, but um, to to repeat in this league, man, it, it's almost impossible because there's so much energy that the Columbus Crew are going to put into Champion um, Cup. What do they call that? CONCACAF Champions Cup now. Um, well, I keep wanting to call it Champions League. We should have stuck. But yeah, to defend your title, Jordan, it's so hard to do. I think you get so amped up and excited. You want to come out and perform well after you've received your ring and, and the recognition. Um, and, you know, the rings look great. The, the team looked great, actually. They just didn't finish any of their chances. 16 shots. They It, it was like the first hour of this match, Jordan, it felt like they were just constantly attacking Atlanta and Atlanta had no answer. And maybe that's something we talk about too, is, is Atlanta's defense didn't look great. Um, and you, you wondered that miles Robinson gone new blood in what it was that going to look like. And it didn't look good. Um, now for granted that you were playing a Columbus crew team that I think has easily the best attacking three in the league. Um, so there's not much room for error there, but I mean, when you're when you're going up against a guy like Cucho, you, you almost expect to give up a goal. Um, and I mean, honestly, it it, it had its uh, they had their trademark uh, build up play in the 27th minute. Um, Jordan, he scored 16 goals since September 2nd. That's nearly half of the team's total over that span um, from now and, and back then to September That's 2nd. That's wild. The latter part of the season last year, but oh, this team. I don't know who really beats this team in the East Jordan if they stay healthy. Like I, I don't like I wouldn't want them in a playoff series. I don't care mm-hmm. what seed they no. sit in. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, this is uh this is crazy. Atlanta, I feel like this has to start putting pressure on Pineda. Um That's a good point. At, at yeah. some point here because he has been given enough time, I think, that this season really should be Mm-hmm. working the way back to being what they were. 
And they just haven't really showed that. There's times where they get totally outclassed like this. And it's now they were still in the game. I guess that's the biggest thing you can say, right? Like Guzan came up big in this game, but yeah. like he's not going to play forever. So like you're going to have to at some point find either another goalkeeper um, that's going to be as good uh, to mm-hmm. keep them into these games because they were just letting up so much pressure and uh, just they just didn't look good. They kind of came into it a bit in the second half, probably last 10 minutes where they really had a, a, a few more chances, but it just never really felt like they were going to score. Yeah, I mean, you, you look around this team, right, in Atlanta, and, and you and you say, I mean, if Tiago Almada leaves Shorten, I think there's a realistic chance to believe that this team – is going to take a, a, a tremendous step backwards just because of how integral he is to the to that midfield. I mean, going forward, it was Tiago Almada or bust, and and I think that's where you run into some of those issues. Is that when Yakamakis is is the prolific goal scorer that he is, and you, you can't get any service into him, you start to wonder like what what does that look like when Tiago Almada leaves, right? Because I don't think Silva provides that. I don't think Lobiani's, you know, provides that. I don't think Schleese. I mean, if Schleese does anything, it, it won't be until next year where he really starts to provide that service. And, and then, you know, he's more of a defensive midfielder anyway. So I, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm kind of, I'm kind of on the fence here. And I, I think you're right though. Like the, if I had to say Atlanta is going to stay, stay sick, safely around the sixth and seventh spot, I think there's a lot of people out there that agree with that. Like, a sixth or seventh spot seems to be pretty accurate for what this team might be. A fifth, if they play well, if they get a lot of gold from Yakamaki. So, I don't yeah. know. I'm I'm interested. Derek Williams uh, to to replace Miles Robinson. That's a huge step backwards. Uh, Gregerson, like I I just I just don't know Jordan where this team has gotten a, you know any better unless Schleich really turns into that you know difference maker in that defensive midfield and somehow progresses that midfield to be more attack oriented. I just don't, I don't know where they've gotten better. I really don't. I'm rooting for Bartosz because I'll tell you, I love the name. (laughs) It's a great name. I, uh, it always makes me think of the show dark on Netflix. It's a German show. One of the characters name is Bartosz. And, uh, you know, so so that is uh, where I go in my mind, and it's uh, one of the greatest shows of all time. So make sure you watch Dark on Netflix. Uh, anyway, let's go to LAFC versus Seattle. Yeah, two one is how that game uh, finished, and uh, Hugo Lloris got the start. Um, you know. Uh, what first game in 10 months, 37 years old. And, uh, he, uh, immediately got put to the test as Jordan Morris had two minutes into the match here, a one-on-one, but, uh, Lloris came out with the save. Then we had what? So Lloris made seven saves. Um, they got a goal from a penalty kick from De La Vega, who I thought looked pretty good coming into the match. He came in late. Uh, like I think he was in for five minutes by the time they got the penalty and he like just stepped up to take it immediately and, uh, did a great job scoring it. And I thought, uh, he looked, I thought De La Vega looked pretty good. So I'm excited to see him in more, uh, in more time, uh, on the field. 
But LAFC gets kind of the first punch in this. I, I think what most people would say is a battle for the top spot in the West would be LAFC versus Seattle. Uh, one of those two, we think, is going to finish in the top spot. Do you think that this result has swayed your opinion any at all on who gets that top spot? Yeah, I think I had a little bit of reservation about Los Angeles. Um, that's weird calling that uh, <laughs> LAFC. Um, I had I had some reservations in just the fact that uh, I, I think Jordan they they come into the to the season without Carlos Vela, who's been a linchpin for them for so long. And there's chances that he comes back. I even heard some rumblings of the LA Galaxy. That'd be fun. Uh, but yeah, no, Carlos Vela not present. Denny Buanga seems to be eventually a, a sell-off uh, to a summer club. Uh, I think that that'll happen. But yeah, I, I was like looking around going, all right, so who's up next, right? And I, I think we got that answer. I think we got uh, Bugush, who was really fantastic, Tillman. Um, those were great goals. Two of the two of the top goals that I mean, we had some great goals. Uh, this I mean, Benteke's headers, uh, Bagusha's uh, goal that he kind of brings across um, from from outside the box. You've got Tillman's volley that was amazing, both fantastic. Um, but again, you know, kind of going to um, yeah, I think LAFC is formidable. I, I had some concerns that maybe they'd have to you know, grow into this because they do have such new players on the roster and you're going to have to get these guys integrated. I didn't know how Hugo, Hugo Lloris was going to be, but he ended up being um, the, that goalkeeper that I think put France uh, in the in this title seat uh, in the World Cup. So, yeah, I think we've gotten to see Jordan LAFC kind of retool and restock, and I'm interested to see what they do if they, if they go out and try to add another really young attacking player to add into that mix. Um, when, you know, if, and eventually he does move on in Denny Buanga. Um, but uh, again, this team is so deep, uh, adding back Edward, uh, Atuesta is such a massive move, uh, for LAFC and then having such a supreme goalkeeper, which you already had in Crepo, but again, I, they've just lined themselves up again to compete for the West. And I, I don't think there's two better teams than these two teams. Was Atuesta really gone for two seasons? It sounds right. Yeah, like they were talking about it on the yeah. on the broadcast, and I was like, "It does wow, seem like one, two, doesn't it?" It felt like one. Yeah, it, it does. really did. Yeah, um, I guess it was two. Yeah, that's wild. That shows how long we've been doing this now. Um, <laughs> that is, yeah, that's another thing. So, what our fourth is this our fourth season, right? Twenty twenty one, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's crazy. So we cover we covered him for the first season, right, and then. Uh, and then he left and then he's back on our fourth. Um, yeah, I don't know if this really changes my mind on, on anything. I feel like with uh, Seattle, they'll hopefully like, they didn't have Stefan Fry, right? They, they, uh, De La Vega came in so late. I'm hoping he gets worked in a bit more, right? As he gets more comfortable and, and fit. Um, and hopefully uh, that they, get up to that top spot. Cause I had them, I had them in the top spot there. So uh, that's what I'm uh, hoping for to be correct. Also, I think people know, I kind of uh, have like a, I don't know. What'd you say? A man crush, a team crush yeah. on Seattle. A little bit of softy spot there. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I got one for Vancouver. <laughs> it's a weird we team. We haven't played. Yeah, we right. haven't played. We, we got played two yet. games for RSL, two games for Miami. They yeah. couldn't fit a Vancouver game in there. Or Vancouver. Um, I know because they probably had the. Well, they were already knocked out of the CCC. Yeah, but they've got the odd team. Like they're the odd team out. I know, but we had two games for two teams. They could have had like yeah. one of them be Vancouver and give RSL right a day off. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, that is. Because you know they wanted to abuse the Messi stuff, so they were going to put well, yeah. Messi twice this week. That's fine, especially against the Galaxy. Yeah, they wanted right. that. And for first kick, it makes sense. Yeah. But uh, maybe give RSL a little break. Not have them go from Wednesday to Saturday or Good whatever point. it was, and and uh, give us a Vancouver game. Right. Uh, but I I don't know. I th- I think. It is. Uh, LAFC did pretty well without having Carlos Vela, and it's, you know, it's in their hands. If they, they, mm-hmm. you can't like count them out. I really think that they can get back to the top spot again and just dominate the West again. I think they can. And I think they can do that without Carlos Vela. And uh, it's, it's be interesting to see how they kind of manage it throughout the year. But uh, yeah, so. This game didn't really change my opinion on Seattle probably finishing top, but you know, it is a big, this is a big opening week for them to be facing off against each other. This is almost like a six point swing in that regard. Um, okay. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk Ben So we get a vote for player of the match day through our, us being uh, North American soccer reporters. And uh, we both shared our, our ballot. We both had Benteke as the one and uh, Anthony in second. Um, those two were very popular picks when you kind of see all mm-hmm. those ballots getting retweeted. But uh, I think Benteke deserved to be at the top because of his hat trick. It was, um, I think, only like the seventh hat trick on opening day or something. Um, they had a stat up there. And they showed like every single one uh, for the opening week. And DC was not somebody that we thought were going to be good. You know what, though? They kind of did this last year, too, because I remember being at the game when Columbus and uh, Philly were playing and looking at the score. And I think Benteke had scored then, too, one to two goals. And DC had either won or drew. I, I forget what they did, but I, I remember being impressed by them and thinking, oh, okay, DC might actually have something here. We can't really ignore that the red card probably paid a, a, a big deal in this, right? Because it was kind of early red card enough that, okay, you're playing up a man for most of the game then. Yeah. And you're, you're going to get chances like that. But, I like Christian Benteke a lot, so I'm very happy he's over. He's still only 33. Young man. That is a young man. All right? In his prime, as some would say. Yeah. And he is uh, gets a hat trick immediately at the top of the Golden Boot race. Um, They have a new coach. They're really revamping the whole team. And then you get a nice goal from from Hill, right, that leveled it at 1-1. But then you have Benteke scoring two more goals to really seal it. Our player of the week, uh, 
what was your thoughts on, on DC United? And I guess if we were overreacting, how good can this team be? Are they for real? I mean, Jordan, it takes what we know this, probably one to two attacking players that are dominant in this league to be really successful and, and challenge for home field advantage when we get near playoff time. And, and Mateus Click, when you have that in the midfield, I think that works well, extremely well. You add Jared Stroud from St. Louis, who I thought looked pretty decent, you know, nothing special, but Jared's going to be that guy that puts great service into Christian Benteke. And Christian Benteke is an absolute fox in the box loves to get his nose to the ball, loves to get his head to the ball, foot to the ball. It doesn't matter what body part. The dude's just going to score. And three goals, Jordan, like if he if he scores, let's just say he scores, you know, a goal per the next two, three matches, right? He's already got five to six goals. That's massive when you're talking about golden boot. And if you look at the golden boot winners in the past, Jordan, you're looking at very successful teams in this league. And I think they got a golden boot caliber player in Christian Benteke. He's stayed healthy. He's going to stay on the pitch. He's a pretty tough striker. He's strong and physical. At 33, like you said, he's actually pretty young still. I mean, uh, as far as like some of the older strikers would be um, that were brought over in this league or like in Miami, that he's got three or four years on some of those guys where he's still got some left in the tank. And I do think that their defense is going to be short up some. I think Troy knows what he's doing, and I, I think they really do. I think they've got a good thing going. I think we underestimate just the fact that like we don't know what this roster is going to look like and how these pieces are going to fit together. They add Aaron Herrera, who's a great defender in this league. Uh, you know, maybe not great, but good defender in this league. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I was really impressed with this team, Jordan. And to do this against a Revs team, they're probably going to sit in the playoff hunt as well. Like, and pretty much dismantle them. Like, the Revs yeah. did not look good. So I had to look it up because I was impressed by them last year. And what it was, yeah. it, was a, it was a last minute winner, 90 plus eight minutes. But they had also had a late equalizer, Benteke, 90th minute. Yes, it was scored. a comebacker. It, yeah. it was against TFC, who at the time everyone thought was going to be good because of the Bernadeschi, you know, uh, Bernadeschi did score in that game to make to tie it up. And then they took the lead through Mark Anthony K. And then Benteke equalized, and then you had uh, Coup Di uh, Pietro uh, getting the winner in the 90-plus-8 minute. So at that point, it felt like, oh, that is a very good result. Uh, this Toronto team it should be decent. This, I think, is – the red card might balance it out a bit, but I'm thinking this is a bigger result because it's 3-1 – because it is against a team that we thought was going to be pretty good in the revs, but that were actually good last year. Like they were a decent team last year and they have Caleb Porter as a coach. Now and we're looking for uh, the revs to do something, but again, maybe then it's not as impressive because of the red card. So it's kind of like this balancing match, but so I think I did, I may have overreacted to this last year, Right, I'd have to go back and listen to week one uh, on how DC was, but very, very pumped for DC fans and just how Benteke looked. I'm so happy he's in this league and you know scoring goals. If you're the Revs, Jordan, are you concerned about Giacomo Vier or uh, Ferroni? 
Like, yeah, I'm concerned that he was uh, an idiot and got arrested. <laughs> right? Like, I, I just feel like that is like you can't do that. You can't just, yeah. especially so early, and and you're somebody that is like a DP. It's you got you got to be better than that. And um, unfortunately for the Revs, it wasn't. It, it just totally changed the whole game, just just drastically. Jordan, he's now got more red cards on the road than he does goals. There you go. Yeah, that's what you can't have, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, a DP striker in almost what, two years. He's played, uh, let's see, how many matches has he played? 30-some matches now? 37 matches, Jordan? So he's really got a season goals. worth plus three. Yeah, well, but still, still, he's a DP striker, and he's got yeah. more red cards on the road than he does goals. That's funny. Yeah, not great. Uh... Okay, I guess let's talk uh, Red Bulls, who we were impressed by. As impressed as you can be in a uh, nil-nil game against Nashville, I guess. But I was going to say that's pretty funny. Yeah, it really is. Like, you're not wrong. It's 100% the most impressed I've ever been with a 0-0 draw. Emil Forsberg, who we were very excited about seeing, and this is the type of signing I've been asking for New York to make, go out there and make it, and he looked fantastic nashville looked terrible at home (laughs) and it makes me if i am going to overreact really worried about where i i think i put them seventh yeah so that's not too terrible but i i don't know man they're lucky it finished nil nil because this game felt like a red bull win like all the way and they just they just couldn't score yeah, so Nashville without Mukhtar, Sam Sturridge, um, Leal, Zimmerman, and Lovitz. Lovitz and Zimmerman were actually on the bench, and Zimmerman came in. Yes, he um, applause. Yes, um, as he should. He's the best defender in this league yeah. until somebody dethrones him. But, um, I mean, Miazga, people go, oh, Miazga did it. I'm yeah. like, no, Zimmerman's he, he still the best. He, yeah, won it's true. The, yeah, he won the award. He did. I'm sorry. I apologize, but he's Zimmerman's still a better defender. Anyway, um, we won't get into it. But Jordan, there, and I saw this tweet online. I forgot who tweeted. I think it was Pharma, um, who is one of their podcasts. Big Pharma? Tweeted, yeah, Big Pharma. Uh, big Tech. <laughs> um, no. Uh, Jordan, they, they tweeted that we're one Hani Mukhtar hamstring or ankle away from being Toronto. <laughs> I yeah. was like, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> like, yeah. I would. I, that is a legit concern that you and I have talked about and expressed that they they gotta find somebody to play next to him. You can't you can't tell me that Randall Leal is the answer or Sam Surridge. Like I know he had a decent showing in in CCC, but Jordan, come on! Like you're wasting you're wasting one of the best players in the midfield that's ever played in MLS. Like he is that good. Like. Hani Mukhtar has been in every MVP conversation since we started this show. Like that is wild to me to say that, that he's been in the conversation. It's just so happens that there's other guys out there like a uh, Lucho that are better than him in in a certain season, but he carries this team. He carries will not, he will not win it if they do not get really high up the table. One thing we always look at at MVP, it's almost always a supporter shield member and it's almost always if not somebody that is close to the top that has 
really great goals plus assists. Like that is what you need to be able to do that. And if they're not going to score off of his goals, then he needs to score the goals. He cannot always produce at his MVP season, um, which is when I think he scored the most goals that he has. Uh, last year, I think he just assisted more than he probably usually had. But it is th- that is their biggest problem and Nashville's biggest problem. And if I am a Nashville fan, I'm watching this and I'm thinking, oh boy, this wasn't great. Now, you can also look at it the other side, right? And the other side of that is none of the teams that were in CCC won a game. You had one loss and five draws. And that is the reality. So they might still kick on later in the in the season, Nashville. But it's just like when we start out, right, uh, these CCC teams, it is always, always a rough start. No wins from any team in there. That stat has helped boost it by the fact that Vancouver didn't even play. Because um, they probably had the biggest time difference where they yeah. could have probably won a game. Yeah. Um, but let me see. If I'm looking at the results from this it was past week, the Revs lost. Drew, <clears throat> Revs lost, yes. Yeah. Uh, and then the rest were all draws. Yeah, so the Revs are the team that lost. Yeah, Union, Drew, Orlando, Drew, Cincinnati, Drew. Who am I missing? Uh, 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 Columbus, Houston, and Houston and St. Louis. They Columbus do. won, but they don't. The, the, that's right. They have the buy in CCC, right? Yeah. So they don't even <laughs> yeah. have to worry they about don't factor that. In. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So Philly drew. They should have won. They had a, a a really great chance late in that game, and they would have been the only person, the uh, only team to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk about yeah. I, we don't have this on the notes, but I am going to talk about it here. I guess. Uh, I had your game on my laptop and I had my game on the TV <laughs> and both were really end to end stuff at times. Yeah. But Philly ends two, two and your end at nil, nil. Yeah. Yeah. They felt very similar from when I watched the, the union highlights. I was like, yes. this is, this feels like the Orlando game. It just Orlando's game didn't have goals. Like there were goalkeeper mistakes. There were goal pe- like, or sorry, defensive mistakes, goalkeeper saves that saved their lives. But it turned yeah, out there was that a... you guys converted. They converted too, but Orlando and them had multiple opportunities in that same one-on-one and didn't score. Yeah, when it was 2-2, there was a moment where Chicago had a breakaway. Yep. And it gets saved. And that happened at almost the same time that you're, the Montreal Glacier. had the breakaway. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, because I think I watched that one first. And then I yes. looked up and like a couple minutes later, it happens yeah. on my Ours screen. earlier, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is crazy. Yep. Uh, but you have fun though? Was a was a fun time sitting front row? Like I feel like you're probably so absorbed in the action. It was unbelievable. Um, you don't, and, and I've covered it as media, but I, I, I got to interview Gaston Gonzalez um, last year and, and Gaston's smaller than I am. And I'm six foot. So when there's people that are massive compared to me, like they're, they're really big and obviously they're, they're big guys, but Robin Janssen is massive in person. Um, just a incredible specimen of a person. Um, but yeah, no, it, it was really cool getting to sit that close to him as they're warming up and you, you got guys talking to, you know, some of the fans and Jordan, the funniest thing to me was that, uh, 
I forget Jonathan. I think it's Jonathan Sergios um, is the Montreal. I think he's their backup goalkeeper because I'm I'm assuming Bradsuck is going to be their starting goalkeeper. I don't know. Um, I got to look that up. But uh, he was he signed a Pedro Galese kit <laughs> at the end of the game. The the other keeper. It was very strange. That's it was very odd. He like pointed to it. He was like, "Yeah, I'll sign it." I don't think he realized it was Orlando until after. But anyway, no, I had a lot of fun. Um, the games were. I mean, it was it was a lot of back and forth with no goals. It was kind of an exciting nil-nil draw. Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's kind of pivot to Miami. Uh, look, you should be very happy that if you're sick of Miami talk, we saved it for the last like 15 minutes of the show. All right, so you, you got a lot of good good stuff. But um, they had two games, and they went ahead and uh, they uh, – drew they drew with galaxy and they beat rsl but they said four points this is where maybe i have a hot take or a, a an overreaction i've seen a lot of people down on this team because of how they played but logan i think i'm high on this team because even though they didn't play great they have four points and last year, these would have been losses for them. So the fact that they have a win and a draw after getting outplayed, and I think you could say both games, uh, it is a good sign, I think, for Miami that they should at least make the playoffs. Um, you can say, yes, playoffs, so many teams get in that it's not that big of a deal. But after not making it last year, they really just need to get into the playoffs the next two seasons to give Messi a shot at MLS Cup. That's really all that they need. You don't have to win the Supporter Shield. You would love to get top four to have a home game, but really get into the dance, and then you have players that have won cup competitions before in their lives on this team that are so experienced with Europe that might be able to just take that cup format of the MLS cup and run with it and win you another trophy. So I think I saw so many people down on them that I'm actually kind of high on them because they still got the four points and they didn't do it convincingly, but they, they did it. And I think that's all that matters. Yeah. So, and, and fun MLS math here. Uh, so Jordan, if they, if they are on average, like right around a point per game on the road, which would be gri- really good in, in this league, because taking a point on the road is essentially what you're, what it's not your goal, but like, that's your goal. Like you want to get away with one point in MLS. That's how that's worked. And no team is really that great on the road in MLS, which is a lot of fun. It, it makes that the, the league even a little bit more crazy is that it's very difficult to to win on the road. But let's just say Jordan, for instance, one team won on the road this week. And that was Minnesota in Austin. That's it. Stan, that's a good point. I didn't know that. I didn't really consider that, but uh, this goes to my argument is that if, if, Miami gets one at the end, right? And Messi was pretty much a non-factor for 89 minutes in that match until it was time for Messi to be who Messi is. And I I think that's the thing that I, and I get it. I understand they're the big evil giants. They're playing with four Barcelona uh, formers. Um, 
you know, a lot, you know, all the focus is going to be on them. All the advertisement is messy, 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 messy. Like I, I just think of that sound in my head. Uh, messy, messy, messy. Uh, but well, Jordan, also like, you got to think Apple has reason to as yes. well, because they have two documentaries around this guy. Correct. You got Messi meets America and Messi's World Cup. Yes. So, yes, they're going to push Messi as much as they can. Right. And all seven of the other DP players that are going to play with them this year. But um, but yeah, no, Jordan, like it. If you if you take at least eight or nine points away um, from from your away matches, like you look at the Eastern Conference, the the ninth place team had forty three points. Like that's already narrowing it down to like you're you're talking about like thirty five points, and and that's really reasonable to get at home, especially with this Inter Miami club, especially this club that's going to be playing in front of sold out houses. They've got a chip on their shoulder. These guys are not like, I get it. They're old and, and they did look old last night. But again, you got to remember they played midweek. Everybody looks like this uh, after a midweek match. Doesn't matter how old you are. Um, they just looked old. But man, when it was time to get it going, they got it going. Yeah, I've got some hesitancy in, in thinking that they can do this throughout the season. I don't think they go anywhere near a supporter shield, but that's not the goal. I think the goal is to win one of these big tournaments, and you'll see that once they get to it. I do think Tata has to figure out, and he's people that are always like, well, Tata, he's not figured this out. Like, dude, he he won an MLS Cup. I don't know. He's figured it out. He's going to, he, he'll, he'll rest them. Trust me, he'll rest them, and then people will be upset. And you guys get on him for resting these players. When, he, when they show up to your stadium and you pay hundreds of dollars for these tickets and you get mad at him, but then you're like, well, they should rest him. They look old. You know, what What do you want? Um, but Jordan, this this team, man, you got to be careful. Like if I'm Orlando City, I'm, I'm an Orlando City fan and I'm sitting in the playoffs and I have a first round match against Inter-Miami, I'm not feeling great if they're all healthy. I'm really not. I don't care if we're at home or not. This is a This is the best player in soccer until somebody tells him otherwise or he quits playing <laughs> like he is a snake in the grass he's always done this in europe he'll sit back he doesn't look like he's into it and then all of a sudden he's got two or three goals and he's opened you up like a can of worms so it, it just it, it is it's it's interesting because i love to see people overreact to this and like you said jordan though two matches in a span of like four days, five days. And they also came from overseas where they've been playing this crazy preseason yes. tournament when they've all been hurt and they've got four points. Dude, like <laughs> this is a damn good team. You got to be careful. Be very That is careful. why that it was so silly when ESPN put out a thing that said, uh, what, after the second preseason game, Miami hasn't won a game since September. I'm like, yeah. the season ended in October. Okay. They didn't make the playoffs. So you're talking about maybe three games, four games of real uh, while he was injured. Messi was injured anyway. And then you had preseason games that mean nothing. And then what? First game of the season, they win, right? And then this game, they draw when they had no business drawing this game. You, It felt like they should have drew Wednesday because RSL yep. was pelting them constantly. And then, boom, the last-minute goal that sealed it to 2-0. And you're like, wow, okay, I guess that's it. And then you have this Sunday when uh, L.A. is just running all over them and then get the lead, and you're thinking, this is it. And then last-minute goal, and it's it's done. you know. And, and you're looking at, wow four points already 
at, at the top. Um, they get a little bit of a head start because they've played the two games. But really interesting now seeing how they're going to have to balance CCC. Because once Nashville beats Mocha in leg two as well, it's going to be Nashville and, and Miami against each other. So it's not even going to be like they have to go up against another inform side. In fact, they might have it a little easy because they're going to be going up against Nashville and Nashville hasn't really looked great. So then you're thinking maybe I, I kind of like that. We're getting that too. That's a rematch of leagues cup final yeah. <laughs> getting that rematch yeah. in the CCC. I'm really liking that. Yeah. I just hope the Nashville guys are healthy. Like I hope Hall and Hani's. Yes. Good. You know that, that's a big concern. Make it a good me. game. Yeah, and and that's a that's a big concern, obviously. But uh, on the on the on the Galaxy side, like you can't ignore the fact that like the Galaxy put Miami under the lamp last night and just absolutely beat the hell out of them for like eighty five minutes, eighty eight minutes. Like it looked like Jordan. It looked like Galaxy were eventually just going to break it open and it was going to be three nil. But Drake Calendar standing on his head like he often does. I think, Jordan, if we're talking about Miami and we're talking about weaknesses, sorry to go back and forth between the two, but the Galaxy exposed what the what the issue is going to be yes. for this Miami team. It's that RSL defensive midfield. Yes. yes. Yeah, that, that RSL second half was so strong. Yep. And then L.A. does pretty much the same thing, and you're like, this is how to beat them. Yeah. But the thing is, you're going to have to put in more than one goal. You're going to have yeah. to put in two to three goals to still beat this team because they'll just pop up out of nowhere and be like, ah, we got you. Yeah. Yep. No, great points. But like it, it is, it, like you said, it's that second half where you've got to be physical. You've got to run them down. You've got to be really physical with Busquets and you're going to outpace Busquets. So you've got to put somebody like a Joseph paint seal who Jordan, I think the galaxy might've found their guy. Like he yes. looks so good last night with Ricky Pooch, like those two, Jordan, like that, those two could elevate. If they play like that, like forget our, forget our predictions. We are so <laughs> sorry, LA. We are so, so sorry. Because if these two play like that and the defense holds as well as they did last night, this team could be uh, a surprise. And it's been a long time since LA have had two really exciting players. And I think they've got to add in Diego Fagundes, who's got tremendous ability and experience. I think that the, I think LA is going to su- surprise some people if they continue to play like this. Yeah, no, I, paint still looked really, really great. Um, it LA, that's why I, I've been a little higher on them than you. Yes, but yep, it's still it's still going to be the question of they they have this every year where they look really great at times and then yeah. kind of like really fall apart. So just seeing on how they how they do. Um, Minnesota. So they found a new manager, but before we get to him, they were, like I said, they were the only team to have won on the road this week. Um, pretty huge, but yeah, two, one, uh, Lord, uh, Robin Lord scored the first goal. And then you had a, uh, late goal. Um, that then also, you're, I, I was about to text Jack like, oh, Minnesota won. And then it's like 2-1. Yeah. And you're like, oh, now they actually have to hold on a little bit here. Uh, so that was a little, I think, nervy a bit more than it probably should have been. It felt pretty uh, comfortable at 2-0. Uh, and then it's like, boom, 2-1. And you're like holding your breath. 
Um, and then we have, yeah. So let's talk about their new manager. Uh, who, who are they hiring? Yeah. So they're hiring, uh, Eric Ramsey, uh, and Eric, uh, is uh, currently, uh, he, or sorry, he's arriving from assistant, uh, position over at the Premier League side of a small club, Manchester United. Um, so, <laughs> Jordan, you know, sure not, United? I never yeah, heard of them. I've never heard of them either. <laughs> Must be some kind of small um, league one or, or uh, national league team. <laughs> but, um, it says Premier League. I don't know why they called the, 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 them that side. But no, all jokes aside, Jordan, Eric Ramsey comes over after an extensive search, search Jordan, that included dozens of impressive domestic and international candidates. We are confident dozens. Eric Ram yeah, dozens. That Eric Ramsey is the best coach to lead our squad. Jordan, the reason why that there were so many international uh candidates is because their uh, chief soccer officer, uh El Ahmad, uh was spending most of his time with Burnley. Yeah. <laughs> like that's why. <laughs> that's why they were all international. So what do you yeah. think, Jordan? I mean, we don't really know much about this guy. Yeah, I don't know too much about him. But, uh, look, he's going to be coming in. I don't know when. Did they say when he's it says that it It says that he will – he joins them immediately. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, so he comes that, in with three points. That's great. Yeah, what a <laughs> start, He'll take man. that every day, man. <laughs> what a start. <laughs> Absolutely bollocks, uh, Jordan. But uh, I think it is interesting that he's under the Eric uh, Ten Hag because Eric Ten Hag is, I think, also under the Klopp. Isn't that right? The the big umbrella. It was Klopp that came from Hog's system. Am I getting that right? Mm. I can't remember what the exact. Well, no, I, I don't think I don't think they're related because uh, Ten Hag's coming from yeah. Ajax, right? Uh, I thought that Cloppy, I thought Clop Matt would know. Damn it. Call him. Um, no, I thought Hog. Google it. Right? Or no, because Clop comes from, uh, comes from uh, Germany. Mainz. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, his first job was with Mainz. Who am I thinking of? There was somebody that took over United. Who was before that? It wasn't Ten Hog. Who oh, I, I don't know now because they've had uh, a million since Alex Ferguson at this point. So I could have swore that he was in that big tree, but maybe not. I don't think so. Anyway, 32 years old, Jordan. Hell, you're older than the coach that now currently coaches Minnesota United. How well, do you feel about that? When's his birthday? When's his birthday? Uh, hold on, let me check. Because I'm 32 still. Uh, Eric, Eric Ramsey. Man United coach birthday because it's probably going to still be there. He was born Jordan in February on February fourteenth, so he's older or he's younger than you. He just turned thirty-two. Damn. Because you're thirty-two. I'm thirty-two, turning thirty-three in June. Yeah. yeah. So, so Jordan, you are. I am older. Yeah, you're uh, older than the Minnesota on. United head coach. Thirty-two years of age. He's the youngest in MLS history. That's pretty cool. Wow. Well, Damn. we'll see how it goes. It's only their second ever manager is how they promoted that, even though they've had an interim manager. But uh, they had two interim managers. Uh, they don't count, I guess. They're like, this is our second ever manager. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Just because you guys coach with interim coaches all the time doesn't mean you yeah. get to call your second manager. Yeah, just because the other two weren't full-time managers doesn't mean they haven't managed your club, all right? Well, you had an interim manager for like a week and he left. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dallas won it late against San Jose. San Jose had a early lead there and then uh, 
Dallas came back. And then we had Cincy Toronto nil nil. Uh, Toronto really played well. I, I thought so. We're going to see how, how they yeah. do throughout Eric the season Herman. under uh, John, John Herman. Herman. No, Eric yeah, not Herman. Eric. You're, Eric's on the brain for you, I guess. Right. I love Eric. John but yeah, Herman. so I, I guess that's uh, anything else before we maybe jump over to the games that are coming up. I think we can touch a little bit on John. Like I, I thought John Herdman, I mean, the Italians look good. Bernadeschi looked good. Insigne looked good. Uh, Sean Johnson looked like he'd revitalized yes. uh, kind of that form that he had with NYCFC when he was one of the best goalkeepers. But Jordan, if they play this well defensively, they'll be a playoff team, I think. Like you can you can probably write that down. Richie Larea is back. Hell, he started. I was shocked. He's only been there for like two days. Uh, yeah. And Richie Larea, if you guys don't do not remember Richie and 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 know know much about him, he he led that Vancouver team back up into the playoffs last year, and then uh, is one of the instrumental pieces on the Canadian national team. So to join his former manager in Toronto with these yeah. attack, like that's one hell of an attacking force now. If Insigne is as happy as he claims to be, and he looks pretty damn happy. Yeah, he was, I guess he just didn't like Bob I guess, Bradley. <laughs> I, I guess not. Anyway, uh, and then Austin, of course, lost at home uh, as they are one yeah, to do. So yeah, but... uh, they they are not going to be good this year. They're in trouble. Uh, yeah, they're in trouble. They don't defend anyone. Call so. it overreaction. Call it realistic, whatever you want. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at what is coming up this week. So tomorrow, Tuesday, the day you're probably listening to this, Orlando is at home against Calvary in the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Orlando has a lead on that. Philadelphia is going to be hosting Saprissa. That is at 8.15. The Orlando game is at 6 o'clock. Um, Philly has a lead with Saprissa. Was it finished 3-2? It was going to be... Um, mm-hmm. It was a, a really rough start for, for Philly, but then uh, th- they climbed out of that hole in the second half. Houston and St. Louis are going to play their next match, uh, which, uh, what did that finish? 1-1? One, one? Yeah, Houston-St. Louis finished 1-1. One, one. Yeah, yep. that's at 10.30 on Tuesday. Wednesday, we have Cincy versus Cavalier FC in leg two, and Nashville and Mocha. Sorry, St. Louis, St. Louis won. Sorry, no. Oh, that's two right. One. What they have? Two one. Two one. Two one. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Sorry. We're that's wrong. right. Uh, Too many I'm, games. I'm not St. Louis, so I don't care. Uh, <laughs> New England, and then New England on Thursday night at eight fifteen. Uh, you know that's another downside. I think that 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 New England had to deal with too, and why we yeah. can't be too down on them. They played Thursday, I believe, as well. Um on the ccc and then had to play saturday right and then they're playing again thursday and saturday yeah and, and i think oh, they're playing like, sunday this week uh this upcoming week but yeah. yeah on one of the worst pitches i've ever seen ca yeah. pitches awful so that's going to be thursday night at 8 15 then on saturday we have minnesota and columbus at 2 p.m RSL and LAFC at 2 p.m. Then at 4.30, we have Miami and Orlando on Fox and Apple TV for free. Big game, baby. 
Vancouver and Charlotte. That is also going to be free at 730. Chicago, Cincinnati at 830. Uh... The next few are at 8.30, okay? I'm not going to say 8.30 every single time. Dallas and Montreal, that's free. Houston and uh, New York Red Bulls, that is not free. Pay up for that. That's actually going to probably be a really good game. You have SKC and Philly at 8.30. St. Louis, NYCFC. And then at 9.30, we have Colorado versus Nashville. That is free. Portland and DC United at 10.30. San Jose and LA Galaxy at 10.30, and then Seattle and Austin at 10.30. So Austin might start off with zero points for the first two games. And then Sunday is New England, Toronto at 2 o'clock. Logan, other than Miami, Orlando, damn, what game are you looking forward to the most this weekend? Damn you, Jordan. Um, gosh, there's a lot of great games this, this weekend. Good night. Oh man, this is tough. Uh, I guess I'll go. You know, I guess I'll go with a with one that might not be on everybody's radar, but it sure it certainly is on mine. I'm gonna go Minnesota and Columbus Crew, Jordan. I, I'm interested to see what the crew do on the road at Allianz Field. I, I think that Minnesota has looked formidable in the last uh, couple of months here, uh, including last season. So I think you know Minnesota making a little bit of run there at the end of the year last year, playing pretty well. Come into the season beating Austin. I think they're an intriguing team and an intriguing watch. I don't think people really watch this game because I think they're like, "Eh, Minnesota, they should get pounded in by Columbus. But it's very difficult to win on the road like we talked about. And I do. I really got some confidence in this in this Minnesota United team and and maybe what that what that, you know, team starts to look like now that they're under the leadership of of Eric Ramsey. So looking forward to it. I don't know if he actually coaches. Probably not. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll find out. But um, it's pretty early in the week. Maybe he coaches, but. Maybe he sits this game out. But, yeah, Jordan, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, anytime that Cucho plays, he's right now the best player in this league um, as it currently stands. So I'm really excited to see Columbus and Minnesota. Probably didn't have that one um, on your list of ones to maybe highlight. I'm going to go with Houston Red Bulls. Uh, I do think this could be a really fun game. Mm-hmm. It's in Houston. They are been a pretty good team since Ben Olsen. Ben Olsen has history coaching against the Red Bulls when he was at DC. And then you have Red Bulls with Forsberg and just like this whole revitalization of the club, hopefully. And that should be a fun game. Um, I I would also say if I had to name another one, SKC Philly, I think is pretty sneaky because SKC uh, is going to be a good team, I think. And then you have Philly, um, I would almost predict a Philly loss there just because of CCC and then also having to deal with going on the road to sporting, uh, probably going to be a tough environment, but who knows? Uh, Who knows? That Portland DC game all of a sudden became intriguing too. Just because of the start. That's an honorable mention. Yeah. Cause it's the, like two of the top teams in the league, Portland in first at Providence again. Yeah. Yeah. He's got to travel a long way to go there. Yeah. Cross country. Mm. All right. Uh, anything else before we dip out of here? No, man, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this. I think it was a, a good start to the season for us, you know, knocking off some rust. Not the, but... yeah, not to toot our own horn. It's a pretty good start right. to the season. Pretty, pretty good the little podcast. episode there. Yeah. If you did like this episode, make sure to rate us on Spotify and, uh, 
Apple or anywhere you get your podcast. Make sure to head over to and, YouTube channel. Yeah, if you're on the YouTube, make sure you like the video and then also subscribe to us. Uh, we're approaching 150 subscribers, so we're working our way up there. Uh, so make sure you subscribe if you want to see more videos throughout the course of the season. We'll be here every week breaking down the MLS season and uh also just fun stuff on the way you know we also cover u.s men's national team we're also going to cover uh what we can with like the lower leagues here in america and uh one thing we didn't really get to here is the refs i thought they were all right Uh, i know people had a stat that showed there was more reviews than usual but Anytime they were done the review, I actually felt like we got the right yeah. result. So I don't really care. If you go to the monitor more, I don't actually care. Just get the call right. And I feel like we did. I, I would probably rate them at like a six out of 10 this week. And I don't think that's terrible for replacement refs. Um, I, of course, want them to make a deal with the pro refs and I want them to get what they're asking for. But. Um, to me, it wasn't that noticeable this week. I know for some people it was. For me, I felt like it was still f- a, a, a good ref week. Yeah, not to prolong the episode too long, but um, our friend Fabian Rinkel, uh, who we're going to have on in a, in a couple weeks um, for the podcast, uh, who covers the league, 90 Men, Forbes, SB, like he's all over the place. Um, so, so definitely give him a follow. Um, but he, he actually talked to Gon, or, uh, Don Garber. Don Garber. <laughs> that, that'll be the other, that'll be when the commissioner I don't like in Gon Darber. Um, Don Garber actually talked to, to Fabian about the refs. They're, they're going to sit down this week to talk more negotiations. It sounds like they really want to get a deal. The 28th. Done. Right. Uh, and we're it's all for Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all for the refs getting more money and getting paid what they should be paid. Um, definitely all on board. Uh, for that and getting our refs back to this league because this is the most exciting season I think we've ever had in MLS. Uh, so I think it's time to get our refs back in. And then one more thing that was mentioned, Jordan, was there are uh, 12 owners that are going to be with Don Garber, I think, tomorrow um, discussing roster rules because Apple seems to be putting some pressure on the uh, on the on the commish uh, to possibly get some more uh, get some more roster uh flexibility here jordan so well maybe in what, what i'll come... say to that is paul tenorio <laughs> did clarify that this is a already scheduled meeting yes um yeah. so i don't know if it has too much to do with you know some people see this stuff and they just think oh it's um you know like you said apple pushing on them or this 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 uh he says this is a mls product strategy meeting now known as Sporting and Competition Committee. And then they meet multiple times a year, usually at least three or four times in person and via Zoom and phone many other times. This was a scheduled meeting, and another one is scheduled for the All-Star break, and another in the fall. Um, yes, yeah, so I saw some people really running with this of, oh, they're going to make changes right now. This was something that was already scheduled mm-hmm. and isn't some sort of reaction or overreaction. But um, interesting to know that that this is happening. Changes should happen 
next year if they are decided upon. I don't think they would go yeah, uh, mid-year know. with roster rules. I don't know. Like, I, I we, we, the issue it would be is, unprecedented. <laughs> the issue is that they'd have to, I guess, do changes with the approval of the MLS player union because then yeah. you have to worry about the CBA. Yep. You know, because you have to be making changes to that. So that might halt some stuff too. I don't know. Yep. So a lot of interesting stuff coming up, Jordan. Can't wait to cover it this year with you. So. Yeah, so you can follow us at Stateside Show on all of our social media platforms. Have a great rest of your week, and we will catch you next week for, I guess, more overreactions of week two (laughs) as we kind of settle into the new normal of the 2024 MLS season. Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on! Come on! Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the U.S. Men's National Team, Americans Abroad, MLS, USL. This is Stateside Soccer Show presented by Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Have a good one.